Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! This is Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, a podcast where we gamble on everything and anything. On this episode, we are discussing a UFC fight night, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul, God help me, and NBA Futures. I'm your host, Andrew Bascom. Let's go! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Welcome to another episode of Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, the 161st episode to be exact. Thank you very much. We have so much to discuss, like the UFC, some boxing, and basketball, and the many ways to lose money on it. But before we lose money this episode, let's recap the ways we lost money last week, which is a lie because we won money, a lot of money. This is a big week. All right, this is the record track. We had Kyrie Irving to be picked number one in the uh, NBA All-Star Draft. That was a lie. We lost on that one. And we also lost with Luka Doncic to be the All-Star MVP. That was Jason Tatum. Um, Luka Doncic, plus 600, no dice. That was lost. So 0-2, right? Rough start. 0-2. Oof, bad, right? But then we came through with Dame Lillard to win the three-point competition at plus 425. Oof, that's great. And Mac McClung to win to be the slam dunk winner at plus 200. That was a win. We also had Aaron... Bla- okay, so this is where we get into the UFC. And, oh, man, let me tell you... We had a great time with the UFC because we love Erin Blanchfield around here. She won plus 150. That's a win. We had the over three and a half rounds. That's a loss. But we had a sprinkle on Erin Blanchfield by submission at plus 475. Some just the wins that we had were all big numbers. Let's look at this again. Dame plus 425. Mac McClung plus 200. Erin Blanchfield in the first place plus 150. And the submission plus 475. We did lose on Zach Ponga uh, to win in the round one. He won by decision. So that doesn't count, but that's a loss. That is overall a four and four week. So you think four and four, how good could it be? We're up 8.5 units. That's saying if that if you bet $10 on everything I just listed out, you'd be up 85 bucks. It's as easy as that. Wow, that was a good week. No way we do it again, but let's try. Also, I want to just say, Aaron Blanchfield, let's do let's do Valentina Shevchenko. Let's do it. Why not, right? Hmm? I'm just saying, she might be ready. I said last week before this whole thing that she is a champion in waiting. Man, does she look it. All right, let's lose money this week with the UFC coming up first on bet number one. Okay, as we all await the super fight between John Jones and Cyril Gunn next week, whoo, there's a solid fight, a little appetizer, if you will, on February 25th. Light heavyweights Ryan Spahn, Nikita Kurilov will fight and move up the rankings in this main event at UFC Las Vegas 70. Okay, Kurilov right now is a minus 160 favorite while Spawn comes in as a plus 150 underdog. We find that to be very interesting. Okay, let's just start with what we know about these people. Kurilov's nickname is The Miner. My nickname judge gives it about a 7 out of 10 for uniqueness. The minor. That's good. Do you lose three points because minor what? Like under 18? No. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. He's one of the most well-rounded light heavyweights in the 205-pound division. He has eight stoppages, four KOs, four submissions. He's well-rounded. And Krylov is dangerous enough to get a knockout, but also went to wrestle his way to a decision victory. For example, he landed seven takedowns in his last fight versus Volkan, mysterious of the ooze, Uzdemir, at the UFC 280, neutralizing his power while attempting, you know, one submission. In his first crack at the UFC main event, Krylov needs to use that same recipe to beat Spawn, one of the most, like, genuinely terrifying light heavyweights in the planet. Krylov has way more experience, hence the chalk status at a minus 160. To win Saturday, he must eliminate the space between him and Spawn like he did with Johnny Walker in 2020, and repeatedly press his opponent against the cage to do his best to tire out Spawn. And why do I say that? Why do I, why do I talk like he's fighting, fighting Michael Myers? Because Spawn is a killer. 
His punches do more damage than most fighters on the UFC roster. His last fight versus Dominic Reyes at UFC 281 was a great example. He wasted Reyes with a power jab, just knocking him straight out cold. I'm a believer in talent winning out. That's usually how I feel. I'm just I'm an optimist in that way. Krulov is tricky and will presumably hold a grappling advantage over Spawn, but at the same time, I think Spawn can, you know, rise to a title contender status coming off a Reyes knockout. My bet is on Spawn to win inside the distance at plus 175, and that should offer some, like, honestly, extra value that is already tasty as his underdog status already is. Since Spawn is also a notorious first-round finisher, I like value bets on Spawn to win in round one, plus 475, and Spawn to win in round two, plus 800. On top of that, on top of all that, I like the under one and a half rounds minus 130 as a good pick to can out cover all your bases. So just as a recap there, a mini recap on inside of the big recap we're going to do at the end, spawn to win plus 150 via five dimes, inside the distance plus 175 via bet online, under one and a half rounds plus 127 via pinnacle sports betting, and spawn to win round one plus 475, and spawn to win round two, excuse me, plus 800, both via sports interaction. Woo, that is a lot, but it's actually not a bad fight going into what is a super fight next weekend. All right, that's the UFC for bet number one. Let's go on to bet number two. Okay, let's talk about boxing. Kind of. No, no, really. No, no, it is actually boxing. I Okay, here we go. Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, depressingly, two of the biggest names in boxing, are slated to fight on February 26th. And assuming no one pulls out and everyone shows up, and honestly, that is a big assumption, the third attempt at this Paul versus Fury fight will be eight rounds and will take place in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the place where all great sporting events happen. Saudi Arabia. Anyone watching Full Swing? Okay, just let me know what you think about that. The two were originally supposed to fight in December 2021, but Fury pulled out a couple weeks before the event, which led to Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley 2, which I promise you did in fact happen. Then the two were supposed to tangle in August 2022, but Fury backed out again, setting up a Paul uh, Anderson Silva match. Paul, the problem child, that's his nickname. I'm going to go with 7 out of 10, this time for accuracy. He's currently a minus 175 favorite. Fury, the younger brother of heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, except you would have no idea if you put the two of them next to each other. It's unbelievable. He's a plus-135 underdog right now. And once again, to beat a dead horse, this is the first time Paul is taking on a true and genuinely trained boxer. Yet, Paul is moderately chalked up. My gut tells me Paul's minus-175 status will keep growing. So if you're if you're keen on this bout, you know, you grab his odds ASAP. If you like Fury's chances, I'd wait to get more value. I do love that you have to mention both of these fighters out of the ring accolades as Fury is also famous <laughs> for his appearance on Love Island. Uh, but more importantly, Fury is undefeated. The 23-year-old is 8-0 and has been a chalk of minus 1,200 or greater in his last five fights uh, that he was available for. This could be argued as well as TNT. Oh, is that his nickname? TNT? Woof. Oof. 3 out of 10 nickname. Ugh. But this is his toughest bout so far. And I will say, you know, you think about it, he's been a minus 1,200 or more in his last five fights. That says more, not about Fury and how good he is, but that says more about his competition. Maybe they're padding the stats a little bit. Maybe they were throwing some tuna cans at him so that he could get to an undefeated status. I, I'm serious though. He should be scared of fighting Jake Paul. This is crazy. He should be scared of fighting Jake Paul. I just had to repeat it to make sure you heard me. Say what you will about the celebrity boxing and that we all have to witness the past two years and whatever, but Paul knows how to box. Is he a future champion? Yeah, no, that's unlikely. But can he hold his own? Yes. Yes, he can. He has a great jab. He has decent head movement and, and he works the body effectively before targeting the head. He does get a little head happy at times, thinking he can just knock people out. 
And he also, at times, he can get over a little overexcited and he lunges towards opponents, which opens him up for some big counters. However, he absorbed a really big shot from Woodley in their first counter and managed to survive the moment. Silva stung him a few times in his latest fight too, but he never looked threatened. And notably, this is the first time Paul will be at a reach disadvantage as well, as Fury has an 80-inch reach, four inches longer than Paul's. Keep in mind, that's two inches in art. Typically, a boxer will know how to use that effectively and keep the distance while landing heavy when their opponent tries to enter the pocket. One of the biggest factors for me is the number of rounds. It's an eight-round bout, and Fury has only done four rounds in the past. In those four-round fights, he has slowed, and it appeared that his punches were labored, which is a huge concern when you reach uh, rounds six, seven, and eight. I do think Fury will have some early success, especially when Paul spears to the body which he does so often, but Fury will likely catch him with a few uppercuts. However, as the fight progresses, I really do think the momentum will swing in Paul's direction. God help me. I'm so sorry I disappointed you, my parents, because we are taking Jake Paul at minus 175, and we're going to go via decision at plus 175 to hopefully win back some odds and some chalk here. Jake Paul, wow. There we go. We're going to be taking him. <laughs> I think if I just keep saying it out loud, maybe I'll convince myself. Nope, we're taking Jake Paul. That's bet number two. Let's go on to bet number three. The NBA All-Star Breaks means we've hit the home stretch of the NBA season. It's kind of a misnomer to think, oh, we're halfway through the season. No, there is about like 20 games left. Uh, there's only, uh, excuse me, only 21 to 25 games left for every team. I did the math on that one. Don't worry. The break also means that we got a chance to catch our breath and we reevaluate the teams at the quarter pole. And that makes it a great time to add some future positions as books reopen with updated win totals, divisions, play in odds, and more with the week off. I've got my eye on two teams that I think the books are mispricing. And let's talk about those teams and how we can lose some money on them. And a great way to lose money is by talking about the New York Knicks. Yeah, baby. The Knicks season has been a wild ride. Now that's that is to say the least. Let me tell you why. The 3-1 start was followed by 12 losses in 19 games. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And that season peaked in December with an eight-game winning streak. Great. Followed by five straight losses. Oh, then seven straight wins. Hey, then another four straight losses. Whoa, what a team. It's been a roller coaster ride to say the least. But even through it all, New York finds itself ranked seventh in net rating and sixth in offensive rating. You know, Brunson has stabilized the team, and I think that Josh Hart has already looked like a big addition. New York is 23-15 and 15 since the start of December, a 50-win pace, and we already know they'll push all the way with Tom Thibodeau at the helm. The Knicks are 33-27 and 27 and look likely to fall somewhere between the 5 and 17 range. Important because finishing 7th means a play-in game, and New York will push for everything to avoid that. That means staying ahead of the Heat, who are half a game back, or catching up the blown-up Nets, who are just one win ahead. The numbers say New York is the best of the three, and maybe the most stable, considering everything. With 22 games left, they need only a 500 finish and 11-11 to hit their updated win total of 43.5. And, and if you like the Knicks and also want to fade maybe Miami or Brooklyn, you could play New York under 6.5 seed, that means higher than 6.5, plus 145. I think they finish ahead of both, so I like that one too. But the main bet here is going to be the New York Knicks over 43.5. The other team we want to talk about, dysfunctional as all hell, because they traded for Kyrie Irving. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Let's head out west. The East looks mostly straightforward, right? But the West is a jumbled mess, <laughs> other than the very top and the very bottom. That leaves room to sort through the mess for the right angles. There's a lot of excitement for the Mavericks after the Kyrie Irving trade, I guess, and his numbers have been good since arriving, but they're just 2-2 two and two with him in the lineup, and Dallas is 2-3 and three since his debut. The Mavs certainly have more of a spark on offense, sure, but the defense has bad, badly been exposed. It's it's like not like it was good before, and the loss of Dorian Fitness-Smith has been felt immediately. 
The market is treating Dallas like it belongs in the like three to six range with the Suns and the Clippers, but I think they're more like the six to 11 range, one tier down. And we know how good Irving and Luka can be, but both are constantly nicked up with injuries and Irving hasn't been reliable night to night or uh, clip to clip or quote to quote. And added a leaky defense that can blow a game on any night. I just honestly, you just can't trust Dallas. The Mavs are 31 and 29 right now. Even if they're good, they have to finish like 15 and 7 to go over their updated win total of 45 and a half. That's a 56 win pace over a full season. And even with the soft closing schedule, I, I just honestly can't get there. I'm gonna take the under. And if you really want to fade Dallas and agree that they're in the play-in range, you could push this further. The Mavs have a plus 350 to make the play-in tournament, despite being tied in the loss column for the 10th spot. They're less likely, but it's a good number, plus 350. But the main bet, Dallas Mavericks under 43 and a half win totals. Okay, it's a lot of bets. Let's get to the recap. Okay, here's the recap. We have Spawn to win, plus 150. Inside the distance, plus 175. Under one and a half rounds, plus 127. And Spawn to win in round one, plus 475. Or Spawn to win in round two. Not or, and Spawn to win in round two, plus 800. We have Jake Paul, minus 175. And Jake Paul to win via decision at plus 175. We have the Knicks, over 43 and a half wins. And the Dallas Mavericks, under 43 and a half. That is a lot of ways to lose money. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WIB on either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, where we make free daily bets. We'll be back on Friday to lose money on UFC 285 and the World Baseball Classic. Ooh, that's a big week of losing money. Have fun. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it.